I had to do this again. Because I was talking about it before I had to do it again. It's not a test. It's the real. But, um, you know, like I said, it happened years ago. So a lot of things are just being prompted to mind as I'm going along. So I just had to reinstate this one again. Like I said, I, w I got to New York trying to get to Pat Russell. But then again, he's not made himself available. I think I probably was still being checked out. No, I mean, maybe I wasn't, I, I, they, they were re, re, seeing what it was I was going to do or they were trying to get their acts together while I was coming because I believe this thing was already done before I even got there. You know, they, mind you, they had already, had already put moves in transition before I got to NY, before I got to the United States. So, you know, nothing was a mistake as far as I, 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 I'm concerned right now. My realization says that. But anyways, um, I get to New York. I'm in Staten Island. I move over to Staten Island. I, I guess it was Silver Lake Cemetery. Uh, yeah, I put the pictures on my, on my, what they call it, Twitter. That's where I used to sleep. <laughs> That's where I used to sleep at that certain point. And I was still training. It was crazy. You know, I just do a little something, something, train, um, then I moved over to Extreme Martial Arts, Longview Martial Arts, 2098, Clove Road, Staten Island. Yeah, I think it was just around the same place where the cemetery was because I was sleeping in the cemetery while I was contacting Longview Martial Arts. Mind you, Longview Martial Arts is being run by a f an old friend of Ray Garcia's. Ray Garcia is the, what they call it now, the martial arts instructor in Black Eye Gym who gave me the, you know, the connect, the link up in NY with the cops and all that. So supposedly Longview Martial Arts is supposed to be run by an old friend of his who they both were students. They both are martial artists. But you know, Ray Garcia got, I don't know, According to him, it's like he moved over to North Carolina with his family and uh, he worked for Black Eye Gym. Probably maybe he wanted to start his own thing there too. So anyways, when I get to SI, I, I'm trying to get in contact with his friend. Nobody's written me by. Nobody, you know, replied me immediately. So, you know, I'm still on the street. So I had to stay at that cemetery in Staten Island. You know, I'm just doing my thing there and um, waiting on reply. I didn't know what was going on. I'm still looking around, kind of nervous and stuff in that uh, Silver Lake Cemetery. I'm training in the cemetery. <laughs> I'm training, I mean, outside and sleeping in the cemetery, running from the cemetery. You know, go at night, go and sleep back in the cemetery on a gravestone. And say, Man, you don't want to know. So... <laughs> Anyways, that's how it was going down. I didn't really know about shelters and stuff. And because of the way I was raised, I wasn't, you know, the guy who always waited for handouts. You know, i rather work and feed my... I didn't understand how people could go somewhere and get free stuff. <laughs> I only started learning shit here when things started to cave in. But anyways, that's how it happened. I'm still in the cemetery. I'm training. I'm going to the park. I think it was Stonehenge Park in Staten Island in New York. Training and stuff. Um, 
come to think of it now, I started seeing people, I started seeing people doing some exercise stuff. You know, with the way my, my heart tells me, I think the whole thing was even arranged to divert me into that. I think it was all, all a Trump thing. I might be wrong, but, you know, that's what my spirit tells me. This man, you know, the, Donald Trump, the police, and these guys are sleazy assholes, man. They did a whole lot behind without me even knowing. You know, but anyways, why the whole thing, I'm still waiting there. I'm staying in the cemetery, sleeping in the cemetery at night, you know, knowing nobody in New York. I got tired at a certain point, you know, because I needed work. I was getting low on cheddar, you know, my funds were dropping. So I moved to Silver Lake Cemetery, Staten Island. The address of the guy that I was given, I think he replied me then. So, he, you know, I talked to him, I told him what it was, what it is I came through for, I'm an athlete, da 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 da. And he, you know, he talked he talk sound, though he was pissed because he said Ray Garcia kind of jilted him on. Um, I don't know, probably his martial arts ceremony or something. It didn't work out. I don't know how that shit went, but he was kind of pissed that now the guy needs a favor. But, you know, he couldn't turn me back because he felt, um, you know, he's doing something good for somebody. So it's not really about his beef and shit. But anyways, you know, he put it behind, treated me good. He had some black dude who was handling the studio too. I guess both of them were colleagues, you know, in the martial arts thing. But I get to stay there. Um, somehow something tells me that uh, it, that was still programmed. That was intentional. Maybe they wanted to see if I could change my mind later. <laughs> I don't... Look, this white, forgive me if you're white and you're listening, but man, there's a whole lot of people who are Caucasians who don't did me shit, you know, and I'm talking about this Nazi thing, this whole, because I was looked as a product, understand me, when I tell you about the spiritual aspect of my life, they probably wanted to cash in on that, you know what I mean, my relationship with God, um, my spoken word. I don't know how I explain that to you, but yeah, they just looked at me like a product. And I think what they wanted to do was divert me from what I wanted to do for their own use. You know, with the microphone in my mouth, the dial's already cast. So, meanwhile, I'm still at the studio. Um, the guy says he can't, I mean, he can't help me because home-wise, this is the only space he could provide. Um, so he gives me the basement in the studio. I mean, this studio is small. The basement is small. Everything small. But I'm staying there. Um, I mean, I'm grateful. He says he could give. He gave me a limited time, I believe, or something. And then, you know, he's waiting to contact Pat Russell to see what's going to happen. So from there, while I'm still waiting, he gave me some few days. I'm looking for work around. And, um, yeah, I didn't mention, I was even given, um, what they call it now? <laughs> My friend in North Carolina, I think it was, it was like a fake social security ID. They gave me a fake social security ID to use. But I couldn't do that. It, it looked weak for me to use somebody else's ID, you know, to earn off somebody else's face and picture. 
basically off somebody else's identification. I felt weaker. I had that with me. They gave that shit to me free. I didn't pay for it in North Carolina. So, you know, when I got to New York, you know, a different name and stuff, I threw it away. I didn't know how to, you know, go by that. But by then, I'd already gone, you know, walking through Staten Island looking for a job. I went to um, a Russian restaurant, I believe. Yeah, Sorry Babushka. That, that was the name. A Russian restaurant on Highland Boulevard, 2230 Staten Island. But I, I Googled that and I saw, funny enough, I think they changed the name now to is it Simpson Cafe or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading it now. I think Simpson Cafe. They changed the name to Simpson Cafe or something. It has this weird story, but it's a Russian restaurant. And while I was going down Staten Island looking for a job, that was the only place which I'm... There's a whole long list of very funny coincidences. I believe all of them were linked together. And when I'm talking linked together, it has some, you know, some... There's some shit going down between that, between Teddy Atlas, between Donald Trump. Of course, we know about the Russian investigation that's still going on now, which it's been unfounded yet. But there's a big link because Trump got his dirty Russian connections doing shit. I just kept all along, I kept coming into Russia, Ukrainian, Russia, Ukrainian people. But, you know, we'll get to that. You see. But, you know, Donald Trump, that man is a sleazebag. There's a whole lot of things, you know, in the underworld that guy got running for him. I only, probably I would have gone saying this shit, but his lawyer, who is being reprimanded at present right now, um, I think his lawyer's counsel or something, even... Somebody from his camp even sent me, you, you think this sounds spooky, but somebody from his camp actually sent me a message and said if I was going to testify online, I should make sure that if I stole a, even a candy, I should put it out in the open because they're going to bring it out against me. He was talking about his client, you know, the Trump lawyer who is facing you know, the stuff with the government now, Michael Cohen, I believe that's his name or something. Um, but he was sending me a, a, a you know, a two, a, he was sending a two-pronged message to me as he was talking to me as well, you know, but I don't know what they're talking about. So, you know, but anyways, we'll see. I mean, reality is still dawning on all of us. So, I stayed here. They were paying me. I was, I think I was starting by 7, if I'm correct, or 6.30. And then I was leaving by, um, was it 10? Yeah, I think 10 o'clock at night with like 30 minutes break for dinner. You know, so um, what, was it $100 or if I'm correct? Yeah, I think it was $100. But yeah, I was walking my ass off. <laughs> seriously grinding, putting it down, serious. I was a dishwasher. I took any job. I mean, what the fuck? I'm not, you know, I'm not. I was just looking for money. It's all, it all came down to cheddar. So I took the job, you know, washed the dishes back. And it was a very busy restaurant, a busy Russian restaurant. Wash the dishes, clean up, you know, janitorial stuff. First to open up, last to leave. That was how, the, you know, life was going. 
why I say this whole thing was not a coincidence because up there was a setup probably maybe I'm going to get interested in um I don't know if it was a sister or somebody who was running the kitchen there's a whole lot of Donald Trump shit that was white supremacy shit that was going on without me knowing you know because you know I think it was mob link even but shit anyway um, you go ask why is why am I saying all of this in for giving all this detail shit my life has been given so much detail by these people they've made my life too extremely hard so you know I think I have all I, I desire and I have the respect I've earned the respect to say every and anything about these people because even till now the fact that I'm still on the street is Donald Trump it's Pat Russell, it's the NYPD, it's all of them, Teddy Atlas. Because they, they threatened me, they warned me, if you don't join us, this was going to happen to you. You end up on the streets. They told me this. I mean, but, you know, we, we still get in there. So, I mean, New York City, I mean, New York, I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was more like home to me because, you know, I mean, there's nothing you're not going, nothing you're going to do to New Yorkers that they ain't seen already. They seen your type. Your type lives there. So, you know, New York looked, felt so much like home to me. I could mix with any race, with my own kind, the Caribbean kind, you know, full, um, Jamaicans, everybody, Guyanans, you know. I mean, it was all love. It was all love. I mean, I felt very much at home. Like, Brooklyn looked more like where I grew up in Lagos State in Nigeria. So, you know, I wasn't feeling no homesick and shit. I, I was just in love with the place and stuff. Um, so I'm working at the restaurant. But mind you, it wasn't like, you know, all heavenly at that point in time because all I could do was wake up in the morning, like I told you, head to work while it's still dark, come back while it's still dark at the same time. I wasn't even seen outside because I'm just locked in the back of the kitchen washing dishes, you know what I mean? It was like a continuous shift. This was no, you know, walk in the park type of affair here. You know what I mean? So I come back at night, wash my clothes in the toilet, air them out with the fan in the basement, put them, <laughs> they get dry, I put them on again, go to work in the morning, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, that was a step up. It was an improvement. As far as I was concerned, that was progressive because I had a job. Things were working out good and stuff. So, the sensei, I've, I've even forgotten his name. I mean, shout out to you. You did me well. So, you know, I don't really got no qualms with you and stuff. Um, time was running out at that certain point. Time was running out at that certain point. To be exact, like like I said, the whole thing is fuzzy. I'm still recollecting after so many years. I'm, I am even thinking that um, the, what they call it, the staying at that cemetery before Longview Martial Arts Academy is putting the cart before the horse. I believe I was training at the Martial Arts Academy no, I mean, I was, yeah, I was training because, you know, when everybody's gone in the weekend, I'll come to, after running, I'll come around, shadow box, jump rope and stuff. But before I got to the academy, 
or after I got to the academy. That was when I went to the cemetery, if you pardon me. I didn't go to the cemetery before. So you see how this shit, I mean, this has been some years back now. So I'm remembering a whole lot. But the cemetery was post, not pre. I went to that martial arts academy first. When time started running out, or I don't know, maybe it was pre. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's all fuzzy right now. Mind you, maybe in case you don't know. I got into an accident. So when you're hearing me talk, understand that you are hearing, you are listening to somebody who got hit by a car by these same people. Anyway, we'll, we'll get there. My memory is just fuzzy a bit on some thing, on some um, details. But I can remember myself training at the park, and I went to find out. I got to find out that. Um, Pat Russell sent me a message and told me to come down to Brooklyn, to leave SI and come down to Brooklyn. And um, he wanted to see me. You know, when he finally contacted me, he sounded a little bit excited. But, you know, they put that on the low. I just perceived that from my spirit. But, you know, anyways, I moved over to Brooklyn. I'm happy now because... You know, I get, finally get to leave the streets and all that stuff. You know, I thank everybody at the academy and stuff, you know, give my regards. Thank for the help. Because at, at night, while I was in the basement living there, I used to watch some of his martial arts tape and stuff. Just see some stuff. I don't know. I wasn't really interested in it, but, you know, I mean, it was worth... I mean, nobody was doing shit with the tapes, so it was worth the look. Um, that's why I said I think they kept me there to see if I'd be interested in martial arts. <laughs> I don't know, man. But who knows? Probably my family started bullshitting that I wasn't good enough so they could let me off the hook after selling me or my family were renegotiating something or had renegotiated something for me with them, business-wise. So... Um, Maybe it's going to exclude me from grueling training, putting my body through strength, and then they could use me for something else. There are sides of these things you people don't understand when I say use. So, you know, we'll get to that as time goes on. But then again, I go to Brooklyn. I go over to... I go over, over to Chef Choice in Brooklyn to go see Pat Russell there and his people. They bring me in, um, this white dude, old Italian cop, who used to work with the NYPD. I'm talking about Pat Russell here. Dude sounded cool. You know, he didn't really give too much away. He didn't give too much away. He sounded cool. But, of course, he's a, he's an ex-cop, so, you know, um, you know, they got their spooky shit about them. Maybe he was probably looking me over, and he didn't talk a whole lot. That's one thing I noticed about him. He didn't talk a whole lot. But I think the whole thing was tailor-made. I think it was tailor-made to make him look... Make him look good. Or to make me feel impressed. Because... Honestly, I think on the natural tip, he doesn't talk too much. But then again, um, I had this MO on the streets when I used to hustle where... If you talk too much, 
I wasn't really apt to kick it with you. That's the way I was because, you know, being that you're on the streets and all that stuff. I know there's somebody who gives away too much. You know, I don't really, I'm not really magnetized towards you. So something was kind of telling me it was a doctored, you know, a doctored um, approach was given me towards what I would like or what I won't like, you know. Um, I think it was 10.30, nah, that's cops and kids. Yeah, that's 10.33 Utica Avenue, Brooklyn. That's 10.33 Utica Avenue, Brooklyn. That's what they call it. Um, Chef Choice. A food distribution, food distribution, um, what they call it, business. They used to bring stuff that they, you know, imported stuff from other countries, you know, mainly from the Caribbean market, you know, Guyanese, TNT, Jamaica, stuff that, um, you know, of course, you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn got um, Caribbean people there. So, yeah, they could sell them shit that they ate back home. You know, shit that everybody there, you know, the Caribbeans ate back home. So basically, that's what we sold mainly in Chef Choice. We imported stuff from the Caribbeans and sold it over in Brooklyn. Um, Chef Choice was filled with everybody. You know, we had the Mexicans. We had the... Puerto Ricans, we had, of course, the Caribbeans, because the main base, the market, the main base of the market that we sold to were Caribbeans. It was Caribbean stuff mainly, primarily, you know, and then we had black, black Americans. We had a few whites there, but, you know, we was Brooklyn. That's how we get down, everybody Caribbean there. But um, it was love. Come on, it was love, man. I, I, I was buzzing. I felt at home, you know, among my caribbean brothers and stuff you know so i mean everybody accepted me everybody was just they they, i mean they just got down with me straight up front no no hating and shit it was a good experience to me i i I loved it you know and they treated me with respect they treated me i could and i'm talking about the management there they they treated me with so much so much so much respect um before I started working, that day on meeting Pat Russell, you know, he comes around. I come into his car. Um, you know, he, he we get in his car. He takes me over to. He takes me over to the gym. And um, that's um, Atlas Cops and Kids. That's what they call it. Six sixty seven East Thirty Fourth Street Gym. Atlas Cops and Kid in Brooklyn. All of this shit, they still there. It's still there. He takes me over there to go look at the place. We go over there. It's in the basement of... Um, I think it's a, it's, it was, it's a precinct. But it's funny because we came to the back or it's the front. I don't know if it's the back or the front, but it's in the basement. So you wouldn't really know that it's a, a boxing gym that's nested in a police station, a precinct. Of course, if you use the front or if you inside, then you start to see stuff that will let you know that, you know, that's part of a building that houses a police department. But, um, yeah, everybody, they train in there, they spying or something. You know, I see everybody. I like the stuff. You know, he just wants me to see see the place. Um, 
I think before we even went there, <laughs> like I'm recollecting, before we went there, we went to, he said he was going to help me out. No, nah, I think we went there, then I came back to the gym, if I'm correct. Then he said he was going to, he talked to me. I told him I liked the place. I told him I was looking for a job. You know, my, everything at that point in time was just yay and amen. <laughs> I'm talking about me yet now. It was just yay and amen at that point in time. Anything, you know. He told me, well, I could get you a job to work for me. You could work in my business. And then, you know, from there you could go train, you know, at the gym. If that is what you want. And then if we see how good you are, we could support you. We could help you. And, you know, we make things, you know, things could, we could get things popping and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm buzzing. I'm happy. I say, yes, no problem. Let's do what we need to do and stuff. You know, let's get down. I just wanted to fight, as usual. I just wanted to do something. So he said, okay. Um, by then, later, Teddy Atlas was going to see me. I feel so bad having to speak about Brooklyn like this. When I say Brooklyn, I mean him. I mean everybody I met later down the line in the gym and even at the business you won't understand i'm not no rat i'm not no rat i grew up on the streets i know how shit gets down i know what it is you know what i mean when we talk about giving out stuff about people you used to roll with i don't get down like this i'm not this kind of sleek dude who be greasing people like this but honest right now i've been through fire and fucking brimstone so please understand my point. I'm not talking about friends no more. I'm talking about people who wanted me dead. So what the fuck? You're not going to come at me and get on some bullshit about family. Because that's how we used to roll before. Mind you, these people are Republicans. That's how we used to roll before. So uh, I, w I came to this country. I was naive. I didn't, you know, um, come looking at colors or political sides and all that stuff. But... Little did I know, because I probably should have understood how it went down. I, I mean, I won't lie to you. I came from Nigeria. I was in a boxing gym. My boxing gym was um, Golden Weapon. That's the name of my boxing gym. Golden Weapon in Lagos. It wasn't really anything. We didn't even have a building. We used to train in the middle of a field. You know, <laughs> uh, what do they call high school? We used to train in the middle of the high school. So, you know, come on, understand my point there. We just put our ropes around before we moved to a new building, that is. But um, anyways, that's, that, those were my humble beginnings. So I, I didn't really know that um, sometime down the line, the way like we, you hear when people say, this is red corner, this is blue corner in boxing, right? That shit was to signify political parties between the Democrats and the Republicans here in the United States and even back home um, when you boxed back home sometimes you ended up siding politicians there was politics involved you ended up choosing parties but none of that shit clicked to me I didn't know that you know it's the same thing all over in the world you end up you know um, part of some political party and stuff but what can I say? I'm, I'm only coming, you know, I'm only getting down to the nitty gritty about how all this thing works. 
I'm just an athlete. I wasn't really interested in, um, you know, I'm not really interested in politics and all that stuff. As a matter of fact, back home, I didn't even like reading the newspapers. And that's word. I didn't read the newspapers. I wasn't really, politics looked to me like just a bunch of corrupt people. At least where I was coming from. It was mainly a bunch of corrupt dudes doing shit. So that's the way I saw politics. I never messed with it. I used to tell my family back home, like, like my sister, I tell her, like, the day you become a politician, we stop talking. And we laugh about it. But I was being real, though. I didn't like politics. I didn't like politicians. I just felt we were talking about a whole lot of greasy dudes in suits. So, you know, I didn't mess with it. So coming to Chef's Choice, I did not know that there was a line I was already crossing already aligning with who I was aligning with, and that's the Republican side. I didn't know all of that. Like I told you, I wasn't interested in politics. I didn't want to be interested by any way or any measure. So, you know, um, because I'm talking about this from a standpoint of what I saw in his office. You know, coming there, I see George Bush on the wall. I see some Republican plaques, something to, you know, some Tea Party plaques. I didn't know. Probably his folks were politicians. And he, of course, was involved in politics, Republicans and stuff. But what can I say? I'm just the black dude standing in front of some American-Italian ex-cop, ex-NYPD cop, you know, trying to get a job, trying to, you know, looking for where to stay. So, you know, he sounded like a real dude. Somehow, at that point in time, he looked like a father figure, to be honest. He looked like a father figure to me. You know, maybe because I was desperate, I needed help, or maybe because the help I just met sounded all um, welcoming. You know, he was getting down on a very good, you know, welcoming, <laughs> welcoming manner. But anyway, we clicked. Um, I liked the dude, you know, immediately seeing him. I just liked him as a human being. You know, he sounded very modest. He didn't talk too much. He didn't have no antics. He didn't seem to wear no airs about him. And, you know, coming from where I'm coming from, humility first gets me attracted to people. You know, I have respect, instant respect for people more who are humble than anything. You know, so, yeah, I liked his presence, especially the owner of a business and... You know, he wasn't really braggadocio in any way. So, you know, I mean, we, we got, we clicked immediately. He didn't say too much, but when he said shit, he made, he made sense. Um, he could back up his words, for one. Because even coming there, when he told me about how it was going, as he's telling me, he's taking me to go see what he's talking about. So he looked like a man of his word, immediately. I mean, just based on a handshake, we're not signing forms or nothing. He just looked like a man of his words. He says something and he does it. So he got my respect immediately. Because while he was talking about boxing, he took me to the gym, showed me, told me I didn't have to train. I didn't have to pay, rather. I'll train there. He was the director. So, you know, I could do whatever it is I wanted to do, how long I wanted to, you know, come. He gave me the schedule and all that stuff. Introduced me to the coach there, um... The coaches there, rather. I don't know how many of them he showed me to. A Cuban coach, the other Mexican coach, I think Mexico or Puerto Rican. I don't know where he's from, though. But you know, we didn't really get off on a good foot because he's, he was young. He had this street thing about him, probably looking at me like maybe he heard stories. 
So I think he's probably looking at me like some guy who thinks he's smart and he's coming to fight here. You know, it's just he, I, I think he just had a chip on his shoulder, basically, like the guy who... But he was a good coach. He was a good coach. Um, but with the way he, he looked like, because sometimes I pursue people on onset, and if you come with a bad... I won't say bad, but maybe a little bit of a rough type of energy. You're, there's something about your spirit that's rough. I detect that fast, especially if you don't come on that humble tip. The same way I get attracted to humility is the same way I kind of get put off by pride. You know, people who are arrogant. I, I could sense a little bit about them, but, you know, who am I to judge? I'm not trying to put no labels on nobody. I'm just saying what I felt on, on meeting him the first day. You know, um, he has more of the fighters because the way it worked, it looked like, you know, you come there just like any other gym. Some coaches have more fighters. Some coaches are more preferred, you know, so that's how it went. But anyways, I'm happy. We, you know, we come back to the office. Um, we see everything. He lets me know um, I could train there. I could work. He says he's going to give me the job. Immediately, as he's giving me the job, he's giving me the clothes. I mean, I was, I was for real though. I was, I was, damn. I was already getting down with the dude. He was straight up. I'm talking about Pat Russell here. You know, someone who says shit and he does what he says, man. You know, so I mean, that coming from where I come from, how I grew up on the streets and stuff, my hustle. That those were the kind of dudes that I rode with. Those are the kind of dudes I was sure about my life around. Those are the kind of dudes I respected, and he was doing all of that. That's why, you know. Nowadays, now I kind of think, uh, you know, are you sure that whole thing was not, uh, what do I know it's true? Was that true or was he just faking shit? I don't know. But anyways, somebody doing me good, what can I say? I was taking it. Then he takes me to, he says he's going to get, on the same day, while I'm still getting, you know, um, introduced to people at his place in Chef Choice, at his business, he drives me down after making some phone calls you know he's kind of known connected i think in the neighborhood so um, from what i understood i think it's a family-run business or it's been there for some time you know so he's got his footing in brooklyn for sure um he makes put some calls tells me he'll get back to me and later later he comes he tells me you know let's go check out a place we go there. We, he's made some calls already, but this was the one that clicked. So he calls me, tells me, let's go check the place out. Gives me a few clothes. Gives me... After seeing the, I think the landlord in Brooklyn there, you know, um, we go to the place. He's giving me some stuff. I think it was before or after. He gave me some, some, she gave me some cheddar on me, you know. Um... He pays the rent and he lets me know that, um, you know, I tell him, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming here for a handout. If whatever it is that you put down, the way it's going to be is that I'm going to have to pay it while I'm working for you, you know, um, instrumentally. And he was good with that. So I'm buzzing at that point in time. Um, we take the place. It's... Um, <laughs> It's like, it's under the basement of the house, but it's like a partitioned shack. You don't want to know. It's like a matchbox. <laughs> it was very, like, we talking super small, but, you know, I'm, I'm not tripping. I didn't mind. 
someone gave me a place to stay. I mean, it's better off than sleeping on someone's gravestone. So I take it. Um, there's a kitchen by the side too, and I they got other occupants down in the basement. So I was I was I was feeling good, you know. Everything was coming in, you know, just clicking one by one. And he was even saying it like, "Wow, you're lucky. Everything is clicking in place," you know. So I was happy. I started working there. You know, I like I I didn't really socialize with the neighborhood because I didn't have time. Like I told you, I'm about business. You know, I'm I'm straight up front. When I say I'm about business, I'm straight up front. When I'm locked in, I'm locked in. I don't really have too much time to socialize because I'm just I'm just, you know, somebody who's determined. When I'm on do something, I just do it maybe above and beyond even. So I didn't really have time to socialize with the, what they call it now, the owner, his family and stuff. All I just did, um, ride, get, get myself a bicycle. I think it's Pat Russell who helped me get that. He gave it to me free, but it was too small. I had to buy a new one, a bigger one, later down the line. Um, I tried to get me a laptop because I wanted to keep my boxing fight, a whole other fight. I like watching at night and stuff. Um, so just, you know, do my research. And it, like they say, iron sharpens iron. That's what made me more creative by seeing other people do stuff. Then I can outdo what they do, you know. So this was after I started working in the church. After some months, I started getting paid. Um, I'm liking the place. I'm liking the environment. I'm saving up money at this point in time. That was off Craigslist. I'm being specific about this because the people who sold me this, I believe, was no coincidence. I think it was all programmed. They were Russians. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's why I believe 100, 150% that Donald Trump had something. Something with some, you know, there's some Russian, Ukrainian or, you know, Eastern Bloc country thing that got him in that white house i i honestly believe so but of course you know you don't got facts to back shit like this up you know you don't really count for shit but with the way it was going um i get that laptop i didn't really know to the best of my knowledge right now even though it was off on craigslist it was programmed for me to buy it you don't understand now i do because the with the way i go and work for some people now and I see how things get down. And I understand nothing is a mistake. My existence here was framed piece by piece by these people. But I had no clue at that point in time. I'm still the innocent guy. You know, new, new, new guy on the block. So, anyways, I bought this laptop, um, which I think they had software there. Because, of course, now I'm product. Don't forget about the mic in my, in my mouth. Of course, they're going to be tracking everything that I do online. So they see my emails, they see who I'm talking to. So maybe if I'm someone who wants to jump ship, they can apprehend fast. But, you know, all that shit didn't come to my mind. I mean, I'm open. So I didn't really pay that much attention to what that laptop probably might have contained or who was selling it out to me. But the, the cash was a bit exorbitant. And I know that that whole thing was a Donald Trump setup. Some Russian dude sold it out to me in the back of a restaurant. You know, I go back. Um, 
Like, that's what I used to communicate with my family, communicate with the world and stuff, do my social media. So anyways, I'm saving up money, though, trying to save up for church, you know I mean, pay my tithe and stuff, send money back home, probably soup up the place a little bit to good taste. He'd provided a bed for me. I mean, Pat Russell did a lot. He had um the truck in the company. You know, I think he went to his house to go get the bed, probably out of somewhere or something. They've you know nobody needed use again. But I'm not talking about no raggedy stuff. That was that looked new. You know, so he provided the bed, provided some stuff for me, sheets and stuff, even some clothes. You know, so the man was doing, he was being good by me. He gave me some cheddar. You know, of course I had to pay back while I was working paid the rent, you know, and told me, you know, maybe with time, when I can save up, I can move to somewhere better, but for now, you know, I should just manage the place. Of course, I, I've said some tawny shit about it too, later, but of course, yeah, that was out of anger, knowing that, you know, I was a victim of an assassination plot. So, you know, why would I get angry? I, I got back to him later after, but, you know, that's by the side. But anyways, yeah, I'm 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 buzzing. I'm liking the girls there. I'm liking the guys there. Um, working 24 hours, you know. Just I was a store clerk, you know. So my job specification was more about stocking up products. In the morning, cleaning the place, stocking products from the you know from the back, and um, standing at the counter, you know, bagging stuff for people at the counter, taking it to their cars too, if so, you know, needed. So everything was butter. I'm liking everybody there, communal and stuff, everybody getting down, you know, it was all love, you know, Brooklyn style, everybody just calm and cool with me. Um, I used to go in the weekends to go do hand-to-eye coordination at the park with uh, handball and stuff, you know, talk to people. But I didn't really mix up because most of my time was training. If I'm not training in the gym, I'm running on my own. And training in the park because you know because of the way I grew, I did more of my training alone by myself, and then some in the gym. Um, I can remember him coming later. He took me to the we, we sparred. I sparred some guy like that. Um, I took the guy out, but <laughs> the shit was funny because. When he was almost dropped in the sparring, everybody left the ring. 50 came over to the, I'm talking about 50 Cent, he came over to the, um, the gym. I think it was Pat Russell who organized him. I don't really know what that was about, but he came over to the gym and I was sparring, so I didn't leave and stuff. So he didn't see that part, you know, so when he came back, it looked like, you know, it was rough and I didn't really do much. I didn't impress in that sparring session. So I just all I just had to do was just keep training, lose weight especially because I had put on some weight from not training at that point in time, eating canned beans <laughs> and cheap food and stuff. So all I had to do was shed it and then, you know, I could start real sparring before and then get fight. And they said if I was good enough, then, you know, they could be behind me and I turned pro. Um... I didn't even mention, before that time, I had gone to stay. While I was in Staten Island, I had, I met, uh, what they call it, one of the boxers, former, 
I think, uh, what's his name? Teddy Atlas coached him formally, but I don't think he was always in his corner. I don't think he is in his corner. The, the guys who coached, who was in his corner were the people who were the coaches at the other Atlas Cops and Kids. Because Atlas Cops and Kids didn't just have one gym. They had another gym, one in Brooklyn, one in Staten Island. So it's supposed to be like a conversion of PAL, that police athletic league thing, you know, community program and stuff. I don't know. I might, I might not be right. I might be right. I don't know how that works. But um, I'm mentioning this because before I left Staten Island, I met Marcus Brown. He's a, he's a boxer now. He's um, a light heavyweight, just, you know, step up from my middleweight. Um, former U.S. Olympian, good dude. He gave me, I think, a few bucks back. Was it 80 or something? And he met me. He hit me up with about 80. Um, then I had not met Pat Russell because I was just being given all of this connects first before I left Staten Island. You know, he he understood my position, told me. So just took me around his projects. Um, was it Castle Hill or where was that? Park Hill or something. Um, it was all love. I mean, anybody I met in New York, they, they were just giving me a hand, you know, being nice to me and super nice. Um, Marcus Brown, yeah, Marcus, respect, even though we got our differences, it looks like. Um, Marcus was doing good for me, or he did good for me before um, I got the connection to come over to Brooklyn. Because Marcus is still part of the cops and kids. He grew up there, that's how he, you know, got... That's where he trained before he went for the Olympics for tryout to the United States. I don't know how that went, but yeah, Marcus put it down for me. Shout out to you if you're listening. Um, before I met Pat Russell again, you know, fast forward a little bit of what I've already said. So while I'm working as the Nigerian, as the African that I am, I'm thinking of my family. You know, I'm making some money. It's good. I'm... In contact with my girlfriend in um, South Carolina, um, things seem to be working fine. We, at that point in time, she she wanted to take it, you know, above board, because for some reason we, I mean, we used to we, we used to communicate on the phone with the camera. Because she was with her parents back after moving from her husband. Basically, that's what she said after the, the separation or divorce. She was with her parents. And um, she wanted us to get she wanted us to get serious. She told me she didn't want to waste her time with somebody who was not serious. And I didn't want to waste my time in anything in life. That's the way I am. I don't want to waste my time. So she actually wanted me to have make it official if I actually thought she was worth anything, then I should make it official. This was after, you know, um, the dating thing, you know, with the girls I met in Chef Shoys. I, <laughs> I had a crush on a few. Probably I'll say one, especially one. Um, I think she was Guyanese or something, or Pop Puerto Rican or something. Puerto Rican, I believe. I don't know. But anyways, I had, I had a crush on her, but nah, not because of my lady. I would not look at anybody again. That's just the way I am. I think till today, I still keep, I'm still some of that. You know what I mean? I had for total respect of my lady. I, you know, I just couldn't, you know, I no, no messing around and stuff.
um, most of the girls who worked in Chef Shorts, I probably could have. I, you know, I was probably thinking. Um, I was trying to find out. about a family life but you know I, when it came to girls like I said there, there was no messing around with me um, but I won't lie to you I, like I said I did have a crush on a few but you know I never took it I never disrespected who I was in a relationship with even though she was you know in the other state I, I just couldn't find myself doing you know doing no fuck shit with anybody by the side so you know I kept that down um, and I was in love, you know, like, I'm talking like, you know, stupid, stupidly in love with who I was in love with, so, you know, I didn't find myself, um, let me look at my phone, so, um, because, you know, like I said, it's been a while, so most of all of this is, um, kind of like distorted information or distorted memory, it's been a while, um, it's been a while. She was in Greenville, Jen Kellett. That's her name, Jen Kellett. Jen Kellett, if I say that right. She was, um, what they call it, an estate. She said she was going to be an estate manager. Or she's going to study for estate management. What is... <laughs> Do I know if this person was put there by Donald Trump? white supremacy do i know who knows maybe because a whole lot of things a chain of events that took place right now when i reminisce i see that none of this shit was coincidence because even the website where i got her you know i mean come on i, I i'm not into the dating thing but i was told i was advised to go there by um carlos's wife Irina, in north carolina that, um, you know, he's the one who uses credit card to pay for my membership in the dating site. That's how I met her in the first place. You know, do I think it was a mistake now? I don't think so. Because now when I see the extent of, you know, this white supremacy, the way they run in the, the system, I don't know how much of a mistake is anything at all in my life or going on around me right now. But anyways, I was in love with this Jen Keller woman, you know, the lady, she sounded very humble, she sounded plain, you know, we talk, she had no airs about herself, she tells me anything, I tell her anything, we talk about anything, I mean, if I'm not working, if I'm not in the gym, if I'm not in the park training, or in the gym training, or running, or working, I didn't really have a life, I wasn't doing, I wouldn't say I didn't have a life, but... I was all about business, you know, because of my age, I was chasing shit fast. So in my head, I didn't have time to spare for any extracurricular activity besides all I wanted to do, which was box and, you know, every other thing that accumulated to success as a human being and boxing. You know what I mean? So that was just what was going on at that point in time. Hold on, let me skip. I think I'm almost running out here. 